Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to Five on the Floor, post-game edition. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Today, tonight's floor plan with me, not only do we have Alex Toledo, uh, follow him at Tropical Blanket, but also Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. So the regular crew, I know you've been seeing me with a, um, a cast of characters, but now you have familiar faces along with myself. Ethan has the night off. Good for him. The Miami Heat go up to Brooklyn, play a home game, like I always say, and get a one-point win in OT. It still would look like 90s basketball because it was 96-95 final score in overtime. So this game was played to the 80s in regulation. So it was not pretty. But, and I mean, both teams shot in the sub 20% from three. So it was just ugly. Check this out. Brooklyn missed more three-point shots in this game. They were 12 of 55 than in any game in franchise history. So they could not hit the broadside of a barn. And that is funny. The game was ugly. But then it heated up in the second half. Uh, Initial thoughts, Alex. I'll go to you first here. Just for your initial thoughts on that game. Because it was a crazy one to end. Um, The first half was atrocious. Second half was a lot better. Overtime was fun. What did you take away most? My goodness, what a turn. And we were talking about this before the show. But just like that and and. You know, that first half was just god-awful basketball um, from both sides. And look, the second half wasn't like beautiful basketball or anything, but it being like an average game more or less, like with an average amount of makes, even even if, it, if you want to classify it as like just below average, 
was a huge, huge step up from the quality of play in that first half from both teams. Like, there was so many misses. There was a lot of sloppy play. And I'm not even saying that based off, like, turnover numbers. That's just, you know, straight up eye test because I didn't see where they were, uh, where they stood there at halftime. But there was a lot of sloppy play, um, and it really turned around there. What I do know as far as where they were at halftime is that when you combine their mid-range attempts uh, with their three-point attempts, the Heat, they were one of 25 Ooh. on their jump shots. And, of course, not all of those are jump shots because that includes short mid-range on cleaning the glass. So um, that includes floater range, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, de- of course, depending on how far it is. But in general, like, they were one of 25 when you combine mid-range and, and three at halftime. And they finished the game with 18 makes total. And the efficiency overall was still bad. Like, the Heat did not shoot anywhere. I mean, they, they did not shoot well from anywhere tonight. They shot... Ended up finishing uh, just under 26% from three, uh, 32% in the mid-range, uh, which is just terrible for the Heat. And uh, that was the one make they had in the mid-range. At ha- was in the mid-range at halftime. And then they, again, like, you got up 25 shots at the rim, which is good for the Heat. That's not a particularly high number, like, overall in the league, but that's a decent number for the Heat to get up. Problem is, again, just as it has been all season, 15 to 25, 60%, not good enough. Um, and this game was in the mud. The, they were able to hang on, and even though it was such a bad first half, it was almost equally as bad for the Nets. Like they they were not making much more than the Heat were, and um, the Heat were basically able to just kind of hang around. Like it felt like it was they were kind of out of it for a while, but just hanging around. And then eventually, you know, you get the run from uh, from Tyler, and then you get the run from Jimmy after he kind of gets woken up there. And then all of a sudden, it's a game. And once they got that game back in hand, um, I mean, I was so down on this game, the, the way that it was going in that first half. I thought it was one of those, okay, they're going to lose. Once they got that game back in hand, I'm like, okay, they're winning this. And that's when I felt most confident. It's like they, they, they hung around for all the worst parts. Yeah. So it's like it's only up from here. And the way that Jimmy was playing, you know, Ty- Tyler finding his groove there in that third quarter, I'm like, okay, those are the exact indicators you want to see for them to get this back on track. And like I said, they made more jumpers. So even though it was a bad game overall, like just to, you know, quantify some of that, both teams, like the Heat 87 uh, offensive rating in the half court, the Nets 71, you know, if you do overall 94 for both teams, but teams, the Heat and the Nets both finished with a 94 overall offensive rating. Very bad. And, and it's almost equally as bad in transition for the both of them, almost an identical uh, transition offensive rating. So it's funny. They were doing like the Spider-Man meme in the worst of ways, just like who can miss more shots. And you, you know what? The Heat won. They missed less shots. This is true. Uh, the Heat would tell you, though, that they've now held <clears throat> three straight opponents under 100 points, Brady. Have you seen anything different on defense that has allowed them to hold teams under 100 in a sport that no longer plays games where teams score less than 100? Uh, I'm interested to pick your brain on what you've seen different defensively in the last three as we scope out a bit beyond just this Brooklyn game, but then also what we saw in the second half against uh, Brooklyn today. Yeah, pretty much ever since Eric Spolster mentioned the thing, and I keep bringing it up about him wanting to see more games in the mud, they've been doing it like they've been kind of playing this style where uh, I think Spo even said the other day where Pat came up to him before, like kind of 24 hours before the game was like, you know, it's okay for uh, us to, you know, defend more than we're, you know, off leaning on offense. Like he said something along the lines of, 
getting back to keeping these teams in double digits. And you've seen that obviously across this stretch. Now, what has changed? I think a lot of credit because we're obviously going to look at, you know, Jimmy returning tonight. Bam, obviously what he does on a nightly basis. And I say that we, you know, we shouldn't take that for granted, especially with the way that it's looked at it from a national perspective. But I think the biggest shift is you're seeing the point of attack uh, being a lot better. It's just it's been a lot stronger. Number one, I want to give a lot of credit to Josh Richardson because I felt like in a game like this where we're going to talk about probably him a little bit, but the, the stuff they provided offensively was a big burst in this game. But he was hounding guys defensively. Like I, I just saw there was there was the one there were so many plays in this game late in this game that were big shots. So I can't remember exactly the one, but there was a play late in, in either OT or the fourth where it was Mikhail Bridges that drove and had a layup and he and he missed it. But it was because Jay Rich like swung from the opposite wing and cut him off and, and kind of contested it. Where he's making these plays where he's moving his feet and it's like yeah, this is kind of what you expected when you picked them up. This was kind of the idea behind it. The other guy I want to mention, Tyler Hero. Like, I, I thought this was a really big defensive game for him. I thought he was kind of everywhere. Uh, I thought he was moving his feet really well. This is a team that you can almost switch everything against. Like, this is a team that they've they've always pretty much done that with because it's just a bunch of guys that are the same height. And then, you know, you have Claxton, who if, if he's in there, Miami's been okay with switching smaller guys than him and making him be an offensive threat. Like, they've just done that over the years. And they did that again today. And I just thought Tyler Hero kind of in that range, in that switching mode, just played well. You know, he had the one foul that obviously costed them to get to force the OT, but that's in layup. If he doesn't make that read, that's a, like, Jimmy went for the gamble. Jimmy went for the, yeah. <laughs> he went for the kill. Jimmy Almost the got kill burned. Yeah. And Tyler had to just save the play and cut it off. So he cut it off a little too hard and it was a bad foul, but he did make the read there. I just thought he deserves a little bit of credit. So I'd say to answer your question, I just think the point of attack has kind of seen a little bit of a turnaround. Wow, where you have a segment on Miami defense and we are applauding Tyler Hero and it's 2024. I love all that. Let's go straight to the Gamer of the Night. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the Gamer of the Night. So the Gamer of the Night, we'd love to give it to just one person. But pre-show, as we were going over um, kind of our notes just to get the show started, we decided we are going co-gamers of the night. Shout out to Rocky Sports, by the way. Um, Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero were gamers of the night. Brady, I'm coming back to you on Jimmy. First time we've seen him in a while. Um, played possum a little bit, but then revved right up. Um, and it was interesting to watch him play. What would you think of Jimmy's first game back? 16 free throw attempts to me means he's feeling good. Uh, what, what did you take away from Jimmy? And then I'll go to Alex on Tyler. Yeah, he looked like... March Jimmy Butler. I won't say playoff Jimmy Butler because I I think that he's hit a different gear there. But he looked like the guy that when he starts it that next gear, and he looked like a guy that was rested. He looked like a guy that had his legs. He looked like <laughs> he just had uh, his usual game under him. And I said it to you guys actually before uh, OT, but I think he finished with what was it forty minutes played? Like he logged a bunch of minutes, and 
I just thought he looked really good offensively in terms of he was putting his head down and he was getting to where he wanted. He had the Dennis Smith Jr. matchup a ton. When he got that switch, he was going to work. Uh, he had a couple of plays there late where he's just throwing a bunch of pump fakes and and doing crazy finishes over the top. And it's like, oh, so that's where Jaime Hawkins got that from. Because we, we've been watching so much Jaime that we forget that the, the master of this, the, the guy that he got it from. And you're watching uh, him do these similar moves and stuff. But we were going to – we discussed it for, for a later segment. But I, the call of him getting the flop changed this game. And it changed everything for Jimmy where this is the reason why you trust this team to a different degree in the playoffs. And it's not just because Jimmy turns it on in the playoffs. It's because he will find any mental advantage against him to just turn it up. And that's like what it was. You you just noticed right after he got that bad call and he was started to be a little bit more animated and a little bit more aggression and a little bit more celebration. And everything just started to ramp up little by little. And it's just tough to, to, to fall apart after that. Like once he started to kind of get into his mode where he's putting his head down and getting to the basket, whatever he feels like. And let me say that again, because there's been talk before. And I, I said it earlier on Twitter. Because I've heard this for the last three years. It's been brought up to me that Jimmy's slowing down. We hear this every time. It's always, oh, Jimmy's breaking down. Is this is this it? Was that the last run that we've seen? <laughs> he's And then they're like, okay, the other thing. He's not getting to the rim as much, or he's not converting at the rim as much, which is, you know, we should note because it's the regular season and there's still stuff matters. But I, what I saw tonight is a guy that can get to the rim whenever he feels like it. He, when he wants to put his head down and get to a spot out of either if it's a, a, an attack off the catch, if it's a pick and roll, if it's when his back's to the basket, he's going to get there when he feels like it, and he's going to get to the line as much as possible uh, along with that. So I just thought it was – I think from a fan perspective viewing this, I think it makes you feel a lot better watching Jimmy kind of put this type of performance together. Uh, and last thing I'll say, because I know you're going to go to Alex with, with Tyler, and Ethan's brought this up a ton, I thought they looked good together. And that's mm-hmm. why I think they deserve to be co-MVPs, co-gamers of the night. Because of the way late in this game where you had Jimmy going and attacking and doing these things, and then all of a sudden a possession where it's Tyler hitting a fading three, and you're kind of seeing them not getting each other's way except for the final play of the fourth quarter, which we're not going to mention. But I just thought he looked really good in this one. I I wholeheartedly agree that they looked better together. Even early in this game, there were moments where they looked better together. Uh, Alex, Tyler was huge down the stretch. Talk about clutch buckets. Um, we're, we're going to hone in on the clutch buckets, but just Tyler's game overall, he was a monster tonight. What did you um, take away from Tyler Hero's um, master class up in Brooklyn? Well, first of all, I think maybe the biggest stat tonight, other than the one I mentioned earlier about like the difference in the jump shots. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up. Who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products. And that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handled. I love the way it looks. And I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard. So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory. So they stay sharp longer. means you can use them longer and also they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as two bucks half of what you pay for other big brands also i would recommend the shaving lotion 
as well, and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure was uh like from from one half to the next is that in the third quarter the heat scored 37 points you know how much they scored together in the first half 31 man that third <laughs> quarter was huge and then uh, and then in the fourth quarter it went back to normal 20 points so they were right on track with the rest of the game uh except the third quarter and really that third quarter like huge scoring quarter started with Tyler Hero and when we were discussing our playback and of course uh, you know Automatically, once I say it, I have to say I'm obligated to say go download playback, go download the app, or watch with us on playback.tv slash 5RSN. Uh, we had a great time tonight laughing it up and just enjoying this, you know, this game that was originally a terrible game that turned into a pretty fun one, uh, enjoying it with everybody. And we kind of jinxed it turning into a good game because we were all just kind of down on it. So it worked out. But um, it started with Tyler. You got to give him credit. He, I, I didn't think he was playing so great whatsoever in that first half and was kind of maybe pressing a little bit. And I just didn't love some of the shots being taken. It wasn't just him. Like I said, the whole team was terrible in the first half. Some of the worst basketball I've seen from the Heat this season in those t- first two quarters. And agree. Um, Tyler like starts off the 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 flurry of points with some easy in rhythm threes. Not a single dribble taken in those first couple of shots where it was, and to be fair, semi-transition, like those are the shots he should be taking. But I feel that way about like him in the half court too. I would love to see him incorporate more of that. And it's just so much easier. Like not everything has to be created off of your own moves and dribbles. Like it's, it just looks so much easier for Tyler when he when he's balancing all these things out, not to hammer that point home. But more than that, I thought he started to really, um, you know, take some of those shots that he's, just comfortable with he knew that that floater was going to be there and he kept going to it there as part of that stretch and i've said before he's just much better to me in that floater range than at the rim i think part of it has to do with you know the the wingspan and kind of his his build i think it's a little tough for him at the rim it's not that he's like a bad finisher i think he's a kind of creative one there sometimes but uh, again like the, the physical limitations are what they are and i'm over here trying to quickly look up the stats but yeah he's at 43 percent um from the rim this season that's really bad that's really 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 bad it's in the third percentile it was at 41 percent before the hornets game Mm. and um 
So I, I really like those floaters. I think he's very good at them, and he really takes like he he usually takes good ones. He doesn't force up some BS there. So I, I thought Tyler really just got into his game, you know, made quick decisions to start with, and 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 that was what got everybody going. And then once you got Jimmy really taking it personal there with that with that uh flop call, like Brady said, he just turned up the aggression. I thought he was already like he didn't have a like a great first half or anything, but I thought movement wise, physically, I thought he looked pretty good, you know, because I wanted to see if he was still going to be like moving kind of slow and looking kind of hurt, Jimmy. And so I, I thought he was moving well and getting to the rim. Like he had a couple of like and ones that I thought he could have made um, in that first half. But the way he was getting there was encouraging to me. And then I thought he turned up like the forcefulness after that flop call. Like he it was I, I already liked what I was seeing more or less from his movement but after that it just became like boom flip a switch like brady said march jimmy where it's like it's not full jimmy powers but like he he's 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 somewhat locked in and and that's kind of what you saw there regular season locked in and it's it's cool to see it's cool to get that reminder because you know um it it, it can't all be tyler like i think tyler's run for how great it was if jimmy didn't do what he did they probably would have lost this game Oh, and I'm so not trying to take anything away from Tyler. I'm just being real, like, and that's why you guys, I think, it was, we're we're right to give him to give both of them the the co gamer of the night. And sorry to go on for so long about it, but yeah, Tyler, I thought he really redeemed himself in that second half and specifically the third quarter. And then again, with all some of those um, shots he made down the stretch. Well, and and also look at Bam Adebayo. He had five straight games of 20 and 10. That came to an end tonight, except for he had 20 and 11. It just wasn't the right stat categories. 20 rebounds, folks. So I'm trying to get my gamer uh, Bam and Adebayo. shout out Jimmy, man. Like getting whatever. Did Jimmy finish with 30? He finished with 31. Um, 31. 12 shots, 12 field goal attempts. <laughs> That's, That's a Jimmy right. Butler game. That's that Jimmy. Is, that is Jimmy for sure. Uh, and we mentioned Tyler. Um, I really want to hone in on what he did late because it, we, we, he, it deserves to be honed in on because he's taken a lot of heat for some stuff that's happened late. Uh, so let's dive into the insurance by Lynette, a aggressive play of the night. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. So, Brady, pick your favorite Tyler Hero clutch play of the evening, and damn, it feels good to be able to say that to you and ask you that question tonight. Yeah, you're not lying when you say that there are a lot of options because it felt like this game felt way longer (laughs) than 1-0-T with the amount of clutch shots that were going back and forth. But as I mentioned before, there was the one where there's like 50 seconds left in OT and they're down four and they, they really needed a bucket because I think it was Mikhail Bridges that just scored out of the timeout. They run like a high pick and roll for Tyler and Bam. It almost looked like they could have got a flopping call with the way that the defender hit the floor after Bam screened. Uh, Bam dives. Tyler almost throws the pass late. Bam bobbles it. Uh, kind of looks around, ends up going back and hitting Tyler uh, on a handoff, on a wild handoff. And he's a fading, leaning uh, three at the top of the key to cut it to one. And it's like, 
that shot is like the definition of Tyler to me. And I said that earlier. It was like those, first of all, those moments of the game, those type of shots when he's on the move, like with shooters, and I, I hate classifying him as a shooter, but he's a shooter. Like he is also a shooter. It's like when they're not thinking, it's the better. Like the less you think about a shot, and it's like we've talked about this before with Duncan when he went through you know his struggles in the past. He, when he's like in that mode late in the game and he's getting the ball and all he's thinking about is getting that ball up on the rim, he's he, all he's thinking about is his natural motion that he's practiced thousands of times. And it's you just notice the confidence in his shot and the lift that he gets at that point in the game. So I just thought that shot specifically was big. But the fact that this guy had five one-legged floaters, like I just can't get over that. That That's something that you just can't really get past because like at least three of them were in the clutch at, at some point where they're just – and I'm glad Alex keeps mentioning the first half because that needs to be mentioned because of how bad it was. But the other part of it was the spacing was horrific. Like they they were not – yeah, they missed shots. The process was bad. But like they had no room to operate. Tyler had no room to operate because nobody was moving. Everybody was just standing and watching. Yep. And they looked like they didn't have like their legs on the second night of back-to-back. What happened in the yep. third quarter? We saw more off-ball movement. We saw more movement in general. You know, Alex was bringing up the numbers where I think you said they were one for 25 for jumpers in the first half. But you said some crazy number on mid-ranges. And I kept saying, it was like, I don't feel like any of their mid-ranges have been clean. Like every mid-range has been jumbled because of the defense that's collapsing. And yeah, then one of 13 the, at halftime, if I remember One correctly. for 13. And then you see in the second half where Tyler has the ability to get into these one-legged floaters because of the fact that the spacing's correct. Like all he needs is the spacing to be right. And yeah. I think maybe it was a little bit of trying to find your, your footing with, with him and Jimmy and trying to just get back into a rhythm with him kind of getting back into the fold. And I don't want to put it all on Jimmy like in that way, but it was just the fact that they needed to figure something out. They found their rhythm and those one-legged floaters were big time because uh, last thing I'll say is we always talked about how will Tyler create separation? Like what's going to be the way, because that was kind of his, his issue in isolation. The way that he creates separation is literally just firing over the top of you. And it's, it's, he's done it before with jumpers where it's just like a quick stop on a dime and he's going to shoot over the yep. top of you. And that's his way of getting a clean look. This is also the way where he's just going to rise over the top of you with a quick one-legged uh, push shot. And he's, it just seems like it, it's, it's in his comfort area. So, and the fact that you can do it from like so far out, like, like usually these guys go to the floater only when they're in a certain spot of the floor, yep. like he will shoot that thing from anywhere. From the free throw line almost, it feels like he's, he's getting it up. It's crazy. And he's done it from know. three before in the <laughs> New Year's Eve against the Jazz. So like he, he's, he's going to get to it whenever he feels like it. Yeah, I was happy to see him convert late. I think that that's something that all Heat fans are happy to watch. Um, it was a shame that uh, Kyle didn't have a great night. Duncan didn't have a great night. Uh, they needed a little bit more from those two guys. If you just look at the minute distribution and the shot attempts, um, I, I would. Who was missing? Everyone was missing though, so it, it, it's it's tough to, for me to single any one player out. Um, let's go to the injury report before our final thoughts. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now, the injury report. So we had Jimmy Butler back. We have Kyle Lowry back. 
And essentially, we've landed on our starting lineup, folks, and that is Jimmy Butler, Nikola Jovic, Tyler Hero, and Kyle Lowry in the backcourt, and Bam Adebayo in the middle. And that is crazy that they finally got to their starting lineup. I think that this is the one that they'll stick with for a while. Um, We did not see Kevin Love tonight. That continues to be an ongoing rehabilitation. Um, And we didn't see Jaime Jaquez due to the groin strain. I do want to call out that um, checked in and it appears he still intends to dunk in the slam dunk contest in Indianapolis in February. So uh, the groin strain, I guess, can't be so bad if he is still planning on dunking. So that's good news from an injury perspective, but I don't know when he'll be back. Um, I and shout out to Eternal Bast on this one. He has said that Jaime can use a week rest, two weeks rest with the amount of minutes he's played as a college player or as an incoming college player. And you know what? That makes some sense to me. That's your injury report. I think we're going to have the same cast of characters as they head um, to Toronto to play the Raptors on Wednesday. So I think it's essentially going to be the same group that you saw tonight. I don't expect to have any uh, change in designations. Um, All right, y'all. So let's go to our final thoughts here. Uh, The Miami Heat, again, get this one, 96-95 in OT. It was in the mud, but it was the type of game they had to get. They moved to a season high, eight games above 500. They are five-tenths of a percentage point out of the fourth seed. That's exactly where you want to be right now. Alex, coming to you for final thoughts. Well, my final thoughts on this game is just like, you know, for all the stats I've thrown out and, and do throw out, on Discord, which of course, check that out if you haven't. Our off the floor Discord server, you're getting a ton of updates. You're getting constant chats with other Heat fans, and you're getting, you know, the stuff that Ethan and Leif are reporting pretty much exclusively there. And if it does get reported on Twitter, they're getting it much, much later. So, of course, gonna tease that out there. But for all the stats that I throw out every game, like another one that really stands out just from the the the, the box score: thirty-eight percent shooting from the field uh, for the Heat, thirty-four. For the Nets, oh. just a perfect way to sum up this game. Like I already went over the offensive rating and all that stuff. I broke down the shot profiles and all that, but it's you know what, man, it's kind of nice to be back. It's kind of nice to be back in, you know, playing games that we consider in the mud, being you know like feeling pretty good about their defense and and then being like, okay, the offense wasn't great tonight. I, it's nice to be back, right? Because I feel like that's where the Heat belong. It's like you're supposed to be defense first. So I, I I would rather them be here than be having an identity crisis where, like, the defense is just very uh, inconsistent. And for, like, what Brady talked about earlier, ever since Spo mentioned that, it's I, I liked what they've been doing. I like the way it's trended defensively. Um, but uh, in general, like, I, I just think that's kind of their comfort zone. And I think, you know, part part of that, well, of course, on top of the, the back-to-back stuff, on top of the kind of the BS effort that they were giving, especially with the player movement, like you guys were talking about the uh, in the first half. Like, to me, it just comes down to Jimmy turning it up. And really, that's that's what you needed tonight. Because like you guys said, others weren't playing well. And then you have Love and Hakez missing. And man, those are two guys who have just been incredibly consistent for you throughout the season. Two of your more consistent players. Love has just been incredible as a backup five, with or without Jimmy. Um and, you know, has been one of your best shooters, has been one of your best rebounders, uh, one of your best transition players. So he gives you a consistent offensive boost, not to mention what Hawkins has done on and off ball. 
with the rim pressure. They got up a decent amount of shots at the rim despite it tonight. But, of course, the offense was just ugly, and it, it was missing some of that movement that you get from Hawkins. So it was nice for, you know, your two, of, your two best scorers, really, and Jimmy and Tyler um, to just turn it up when most needed because, man, that, that, that shit was getting bad. Brady, final thoughts before we close. I'll say it's going to sound cliche to talk about the the things that Eric Spolsch has mentioned before about how important the clutch stuff was last year. Like that's been been talked about over and over. But I really do think this stuff's like important in the long run. Like a game like games like this, win or lose, and it definitely is better when, when you're able to kind of get them out and win. But like to get these reps, like especially in the scenario tonight where they're healthy, where their main guys are playing, where they're able to get yeah. these late game reps, where they're able to figure stuff out and whether it's a joke about where everybody knew where that shot was going at the end of the fourth quarter, they still need the, these type of – to figure out what they're going to do, what off, uh, actions they're going to get to, where's what, who goes where, who's on the floor. Uh, I just think this stuff's going to be important in the long run, especially come playoff time. The second thing, because you mentioned Hawkins a little bit on the injury report, and I just got to say because I, we haven't we don't usually say this, I guess, when, when guys are out because it's always next man up. But I look around tonight and I'm like, they could have used Hawkins like they, they're even oh, yeah. with, with them. It's it's really tough to say in a game like this because, yeah, they scored 96 points. If they had enough yet, yeah, we could always play the next guy in. He would have helped. But I'm legitimately saying because playing off the top guys like late in the game where what they needed, where the guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands and it can make plays to score and put pressure on a defense and not get in the way of Jimmy and Tyler. Yep. Like he's going to be crucial next to them as a closer. Like I, I really do believe so. Like in many games, like it, it's just, he's the really is a perfect fit. It feels like to me, like next to these guys, just with the way the yep. style that he plays with that, even though we've said before, okay, you know, maybe getting a little bit more usage up here or getting him into some actions here. Like he's going to end up playing his game no matter what. So he's going to get those relief baskets that I just think to myself, especially considering the first half that we keep saying terrible spacing, terrible movement. He is a walking off ball movement guy because he just doesn't stop cutting. He doesn't stop pulling his defender all over the place. That I'm like, it's just, it's just a positive that you're walking away from a game like this. And you're saying that your rookie that you that was not playing could very much well have helped you late in the game. So yeah. I just that's a positive sign. You, you noticed that he was missing. That's huge for a rookie. That's the Sometimes. next step, right? Because yeah. it's like we couldn't wait to see Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler together as as you guys mentioned on the last pod. You know them only playing six game, six games together coming into this one. Getting and Brady, it's a great point as far as getting the reps together in the clutch with them healthy. The next step is like you're saying, Hakez, man, get them in with that group, and then on top of that. You want to add, you know, a cherry on top, you know, these lineups that we talked about with Caleb as like the last player there. And you have Hawkins and Caleb alongside Jimmy Bam and Tyler. And I think you now you're really cooking. I, I can't wait to see that if we ever do get to see it. But um, I think you got to like what you saw tonight. And I, I, it's easy to project them as fits like you're talking about, not only with Hawkins, yeah. but with Caleb. We know he can move off ball. We know he can take advantage of a team. You know, if leaving him open, if that's the case, like, and we know he can he can fit into the gaps that they're missing on offense. Like, I really think you could do something there, even if it's Highsmith instead of Caleb. Like, I I I would love to see those units in the clutch and just see how they operate off of each other because it could be a little bit clunky at first if they've never done it. But they, I think that's where you've got some real potential for like your playoff closing lineups. Agree. I think that that's inevitably where we're going to land when the playoffs come. It's going to be Highsmith, Hawkes, and Caleb Martin, if he's still here, 
we'll see past the trade deadline with his expiring contract um, and unrestricted free agency coming. But that's a whole nother show. Thank you for joining us. The Miami Heat again get the victory 96-95 up in Brooklyn. They head to Toronto for the Raptors game on Wednesday the 17th. I'm Greg Sylvander. Thank you, Brady. Thank you to Alex. We will have you covered for the game up in Toronto. We'll be on playback. We will be on Discord. We will have you covered on the podcast feed as well. I'm Greg Sylvander. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.